Welcome to the August 1st sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's sermon is delivered by Revival Guest Speaker, Evangelist Derek Kaiser. Well, good morning, Clifford Baptist Church. Oh, it's a little different this morning in that typically when Earl and I are traveling, uh, I'm before a group that I don't really know, so therefore if I mess up, I just roll through it. Uh, But here I am in front of a room filled of my mentors, uh, and my friends. And so, to be honest with you this morning, I'm, I'm pretty nervous, uh, but I am relying on the Holy Spirit to lead and guide me through this. But it's, I, I am thankful for this opportunity. And if you would, allow me just to share just a, a moment of testimony with you as I, as I come up this morning. And, and hopefully I'll use this time to settle my nerves down just a little bit. But Christy and I joined this church, oh, about 13 years or so ago. Uh, and, and back in January of 2020, I had the privilege to speak at Buena Vista Baptist Church. And, and it was there that I shared a message with them on building the foundation. And really, that is the, the place where I built my foundation. Uh, that is where God started with me there. I, I was uh, attending that church with my parents, and God called me there. I was saved in that church. Uh, and then as a teenager, grew up in that church, and then eventually left uh, to go on into the, to the work world. But it's interesting, as, as Christy and I uh, got married and we came here to Clifford uh, some 13 years ago, really it's here at Clifford Baptist Church that God built on that foundation. He took that foundation that started at Buena Vista Baptist Church and, and, and he built that here at, at Clifford Baptist Church. And I'm so thankful for that. I, I was thinking as I was reflecting back on those memories of, of starting here at, at Clifford. And, and, and I sat back there with, with Jimmy uh, and, and caught up a little bit. But Christian and I, we did. We started right back there. And, and Gene and Joyce Doerr, they, the, they were the first ones that uh, we came in that first Sunday here as visitors. And, and both of them, uh, especially Joyce, just worried herself to death, wanted us to come back next Sunday. And, and they greeted us every Sunday. We felt not only the welcoming spirit of Clifford Baptist Church, but we felt God's presence here. And, and so we, we just started back there with uh, Downer and Pat, Nat and Peggy, and uh, Jimmy and Becky, Ted and Joanne. That was kind of our little Baptist group back there. Uh, but God grew me from that pew back there. God began to, to grow me from that place there. And, and soon I was uh, teaching Sunday school and, and, and then was called by you, the church body to serve as a deacon uh, and then on to serving now as your Sunday school director here. So, so God has continued to build and, and grow me uh, in this church. And as many of you know, in 2015, God did call me into to evangelism, first starting with Wildland Firefighters, a, a group that I know well uh, and, and that, that I work with. And so he called me to, to serve those in 2015. Uh, but here recently, as Mike alluded to, God has, has really called me in to do the work of an evangelist. And I'm truly blessed that we do have a great mentor here in Earl Clarkson. And, and Earl has taken me under his wing and taught me how to be an evangelist, taught me how to go out in these churches and, and edify these believers and spread the gospel message. And, and I'm so thankful for his leadership and his guidance and, as he has really taken the time uh, to come down to a personal level with me and teach me uh, the things of how to be an evangelist. But Pastor Mike, I, I do thank you. Wherever, where Pastor, there you are. It's a big room. <laughs> Pastor, I, I do appreciate your mentorship and your leadership. Uh, for many years, I've sat back there in our little place 
under your teaching and your leadership and, and have grown under that. And so I do appreciate that. And, and I really do appreciate this opportunity. Uh, many times I've sat back there and as God has continued to grow me, I have thought about coming to this pulpit and preaching from this pulpit. And, and Pastor, in, in a moment of testimony, I must admit to you, this is not the first time I preached from this pulpit. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's been two other occasions that I have preached from this pulpit, but no one was here. Uh, God really did have put a dream in my mind of preaching. And there were several occasions, once before a Sunday school lesson and once before uh, a time that Brother Earl and I were to preach together, that I would slip down here late at night and I would turn on the baptistry windows and I would preach from this pulpit with no one else here, but just allowing God to work through me in a dream. Uh, and so God has fulfilled that dream today. And I stand before you uh, showing you that God has a purpose and a plan for everyone's life. And, and, and here we are, I've been asked to come and, 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 and begin revival for Clifford Baptist Church. And, and you know, as we do that, as, as Mike looks at a calendar and, and as he looks at that calendar and picks out some dates, we're reminded that we cannot schedule revival. We cannot schedule a revival. We can call a church to revival. And that's what we're doing this morning. We're beginning these first services to, to call the church to revival. And as I do that, I want each and every one of us to think about that personally. What does that mean to us about coming into a spirit in a time of revival? If there ever was a time for revival, it is now. We have heard those words echoed throughout the generations. From the time that our Lord ascended into heaven, the apostles and the pastors and the preachers from every generation have echoed those words. If there's ever a time for revival, it is now. Well, friends, I don't think you have to look very far out those doors to agree with me. Our world is getting further and further away from biblical truths. Our world is getting further and further away from biblical values. And we're getting further and further away from a relationship with Jesus Christ. If there was ever a time for revival, it is now. But routine can replace revival. Routine can replace revival. You see, I fear that some of us here today have come merely out of routine. Today's just another day. This is just another service. It's just something that we do. It may be something on our calendar, or, or it may be something we do as a family, but it's just a routine. See, routine can replace revival. And I fear that many churches all across the United States, all across America, all across our world, people are falling in to a routine. They're not coming for revival. So today I'm going to challenge you as you think about that routine. Did you come here today just out of routine? Is this just something else that you, you came to do today? I'm going to challenge you that you, you replace that routine with revival today. It's time to challenge ourselves. And, and we think about the, the different things that we can do out of the routine. In the fall of 1857, the Old North Dutch Church in downtown New York was suffering through uh, membership withdrawals and, and a lack of membership. Slowly and slowly, as the West opened up and gold had been discovered in California, people were, were moving westward. Sin was becoming rampant on the East Coast, especially in alcohol and drunkenness. People were falling away from the faith. They were turning from coming to church anymore. 
And so the old Dutch church decided that they would, they would hire a lay minister, a man by the name of Jeremiah Lampier. And they would hire this guy to do a routine door-to-door visit to try to get people to come to church. And so Jeremiah Lampier, he, he began his ministry going door-to-door and asking people to come to the old North Dutch church. They're on Fulton Street, but with little avail. He didn't have much luck. So he decided to do something different. He said, you know, maybe during the noontime hour when most of the businesses in downtown New York were, were closed, maybe we would have a little prayer meeting. Just, just a simple meeting. It, come as long as you can, five, ten minutes, but something different. So midweek, he put a sign out in front of the church at 12 o'clock, prayer meeting. Come as you can, as long as you can. He sat there for 30 minutes, and finally six men showed up a half hour late. But they all agreed to do the meeting the next week. And the next week, 15, 40, 30. As the weeks continued, more and more began to come to this prayer meeting. They were changing their routine, and instead of going to lunch that day on their, on their lunch hour, they, they were coming to this, this prayer meeting. They, they were doing something different. And soon this prayer meeting began to spread, and, and many be, began to talk about this Fulton Street prayer meeting. And it began to spread up and down the East Coast as hundreds and then tens of thousands of people began to gather at the noon hour just to pray. The C.S. Lewis Institute wrote an article that was first published in Christian Today. They, they talked about the, uh, a man that attended this prayer meeting and, and his account. And he said this. He said, we arrived 10 minutes early to get a seat. The, the room fills up quickly. And as the, the leader begins opening in a prayer, and then we all join together and sung a hymn. And then one by one, The effective, fervent, but short prayers were lifted up. Prayers all across the room. This person then recalled a closing hymn. I saw the blood from Emmanuel's vein, and sinners who who plunge beneath lose all their guilty stains. A fitting hymn to the mood of of the prayer meeting. And many say that that the the format of our prayer meetings today were were out of the Fulton Street prayer meetings that soon turned into a revival that moved up and down the East Coast. As some historians would record that almost 3% of the population in America was converted during those times. All because a man did something different. And he did something different that caused a revival. One man did something different. When he came to church, instead of just coming to church, instead of just visiting, he did something different. That's what I'm asking us to do today, to think about that. What can we do different today that will start a revival? Year after year, generation after generation, preachers stand in these pulpits and say, now is the time for revival. Well, now is the time for revival. And we need to do something different. We need to change our routines. And this morning, I believe that routine is going to change in a spirit of praise. That when we come into this place, that that we change the purpose and the reason that we come here. 
out of a routine, and now let's enter into a time of praise and worship. And as we do that, we look to the book of Psalms. Turn with me, if you will, to Psalm 150. As you're turning there, the Psalms are broken up into five books. Now, within those books, the Psalms have a very different theme within those books. They show joy, despair, consolation, love, hate, dissatisfaction, and thankfulness. All different themes as as you thumb through the pages of the Psalms within their books. But every book ends with a doxology. Every book ends on a high note of praise. Every book brings us back to praising God. Even though the Psalms within the books reflects ups and downs through the writers, it always ends on a high. It always ends with praising the Lord. And as we come to church this morning, as we walk into this place, that's where I'm asking that we begin revival, that we begin with praising the Lord, that we've been through ups and downs this week as we'll talk about here in just a few minutes. But when we come through these doors, it's time to praise the Lord. It's time to get back up on top. And that's what we're here to do this morning. Psalm 150 is the concluding doxology for the entire Psalms. It's the big buildup. It's the final climax. It is the pinnacle of praise in the Old Testament hymn book. It is a hallelujah hymn. Its tone is loud and joyful. And it's a call to praise. And it's a call to worship. Psalm 150. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the psaltery and harp. Praise Him with the tremble and dance. Praise Him with the stringed instruments and organs. Praise Him upon the loud cymbals. Praise Him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Father God, I thank You for this opportunity this morning. Lord, you've brought me a long way as we've talked about. And Lord, right now I'm asking that your spirit move upon us right now, Lord. That you open up our minds and our hearts to hear the truth that's in your word. Father, I can't do this. I am nervous and I am before very mentors and people that have brought me up. But Lord, I just ask right now that you take over me. That you put your words in my mouth and use me only as a vessel to deliver a message in which you want us to hear. Convict hearts and turn souls today, Father. Lord, we love you and we thank you, for it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As we begin, the word praise means just that. It is to boast or exalt. And the majority of the time that is used in Scripture, it reflects praising God. And as we see here, there's some 13 times that the word praise is used in Psalm 150. And of those 13 times, 10 times within this text, it is telling us, it is commanding us, to praise. And so as we gather this morning, as we come together and begin revival here at Clifford Baptist Church, as we call ourselves individually, we begin with a command to praise, to worship, to come together. And that's what we do when we walk into this place, we gather. Look here, it says, praise ye the Lord, praise God in His sanctuary. We are gathered together in His sanctuary, in His holy place. That is what we are here to do. We are here to praise God and give Him glory and honor that He deserves. 
Now this at a time was difficult for me and many times I would walk through those doors and, and in a moment of testimony I will admit to you that, that there was times when a child would be a little disruptive or, or a baby would cry and, and my focus would, would, would go off of, of, of the message. But, but friends, I'm telling you, when you walk through those doors and you spend some time fellowshipping with, with, your, with your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, when the pastor stands up here and says, good morning Clifford Baptist Church, it's time to praise him in his sanctuary. It's time to get serious about praise. It's time to focus on what we came here to do. Not what everybody else is doing. Not what else is going on in the room. But a time of praise in his sanctuary, in his holy place. That's why we gather here together. But you see, some of us have another problem with a routine. And that routine is, is that praise stops when we go back out those doors. Look at what the word says here. Praise him in the firmament of his power. The fervent here is it reflects the words that are used in Genesis chapter number 1. And it talks about God's creation, His heavens, everything under the heavens that He has created. We are to praise Him. Many of you know that I work outside for the Department of Forestry. And I think about that as, I, as I'm out, into, out in God's creation and, and the awe and the wonders of His creations. We are to praise Him for that. We're to praise Him of his, his creation, but we're not to stop praising Him for His creation in here. We're to praise Him outside as well. We're to praise Him when we go, when we leave here. We're to continue that praise in His creation. We're to continue that so that other people see that. It doesn't stop here in the sanctuary. Praise is not just a momentary element in our lives that we do just once a week. We change that routine, replace that routine in praising the Lord. Praise Him in your workplace. Praise Him in your home. Praise Him when you're with family. Praise Him when you're in a restaurant eating together. Everywhere out there is constant praise and praising God for what He has done for us. And what do we praise Him for? Well, let's look at what the psalm says. Praise Him for His mighty acts. We have a lot to be thankful for, don't we? We have a lot to praise God for, don't we? Oh, the list could go on and on forever. Praise Him for His provisions, the things that He gives us, our homes, our automobiles. Praise Him for the jobs that we have. Praise Him that, that we have money in the bank. Praise Him that, that we're able to have a meal. Praise Him for our spouses. So many things. We could continue to go on and on. Of all the things that He gives us, we're to praise Him for those things. I heard it once said that what if you only got tomorrow what you praised God for today? We need to continue to list those things and praise God for the things that he has given us. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him all creatures here below. Praise him ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. But look here, the psalmist points out something different Praise Him for His mighty acts, but praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Yes, it is good to praise God for all the things that He has given us, our provider. It is good to do those things, and we need to do those things. But the psalmist here points out something a little different in that we praise Him for His mighty acts. We think about the old covenant from the exodus and, and releasing them from their bondage of slavery. We think about the conquest of the promised land and, and God fulfilling his promise and providing a way for those to go into the promised land. The deliverance of the Jews from Babylon and their restoration of the nation. And then we think of his acts in the New Testament, the, the atonement of his son releasing you and me from our sins and from the bondage of our sins. 
for his mighty acts through the apostles and, and the establishment of the church. And that promise that one day he will return and restore us, his church. Praise him for his mighty acts, the things that God has done. But we should also appraise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him. It's not just a, a routine of making a list of, of things that God has done for us, but we need to praise him for God's character. Praise him for his awe and his authority. Praise him that he is our master. Praise him for his holiness. Praise him for his sovereignty, his strength, his power. Praise him that he is just. Praise him that he's perfect and unchanging. Praise him that he is wise. Praise him that he is sufficient, all-knowing, all-present. Praise him that he is our provider, our healer. Praise him that he is merciful, faithful, full of grace. He's our comforter and he's our father. And he is God Almighty. Praise ye the Lord. Praise him. How do we praise him? Just like that. Look at what the psalmist says there in verses 3 and 4. Praise him with sound, with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the tremble and dance. Praise him with the stringed instruments and the organs. Look at the symbolism here. The psalmist has pulled out all stops. We use everything to praise the Lord. We applaud when the Holy Spirit hits us just like that. We praise Him with our voices. We praise Him with our instruments. It's time to praise Him with everything. Everything that we have. God forgives us. He redeems us. He renews our lives. We may not be able to sing, but we can praise the Lord. Amen? And we need to do that. Uh, Paul says in Ephesians, he says this, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. We need to be praising God with everything we have. When we go out into the world, we need to praise God with the things that we say, how we handle situations, the people that we hang around, the places that we go. The music that we listen to, the music that we listen to, the movies that we watch, the clothes we wear, everything about us should praise the Lord. Everything that we say and do should praise the Lord. Praise God and praise Him in every way that we can. And it's time to be loud about our praise. It's time to be heard about our praise. Look at verse number five. Praise him upon the loud symbols. Praise him upon the high sounding symbols. I think about that verse as Peter was talking about the persecuted church. He says there in 1 Peter chapter number three, verse 15, he says, But sanctify the Lord your God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you the reason of the hope that is in you. When we go out in this world, we need to be showing other people so that they hear the hope that is in us. And when they ask about that hope, we need to be loud about it. Loud enough that other people hear about it. Now friends, I know there's a lot of ups and downs in this world. And I think about Paul on his missionary journey. Acts chapter number 16. Paul was on his second missionary journey. He picked up Silas was with him and Timothy was with him. And they were battling the Holy Spirit about where to go. And they'd finally gotten the, the call from the Holy Spirit to go to Macedonia. And so when they get there, their trip begins on a high. 
they meet a young lady named Lydia, and the Lord opened her heart, and she received the gospel. And it says that her whole, her whole family was saved. And then as Paul and Silas were preaching and teaching, they came across a girl that was demon-possessed, and they were able to heal her. But because of this, they were arrested, falsely accused. Listen to what the text says. Acts chapter number 16, verse 22. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they had cast them into the prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. I think I could look across this room and say many of us have been put down and beaten down by the multitudes this week, or maybe even by life right now. Many ups and downs that we go through throughout our week and throughout our lives. And we see that symbolism here with Paul. They started on a high note, but then they were arrested and and physically beaten and thrown in to a prison. They were down in the miry clay of life. Friend, I want to tell you something. God wants to change that. He wants to change that routine of of you being down in the miry clay of life, from, from, from the world beating you down, from the multitudes beating you and chaining you up with your sins. He wants to pull you up out of that miry clay and sit your feet upon a rock. And he he wants to put a new song of praise in your heart. Look at how Paul and Silas reacted in verse 25 there in Acts chapter number 16. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. Friends, I'm going to tell you, I don't think they were softly whispering amazing grace or humming how great thou art. The text says that they prayed and prayed so loud that others heard them. And we need to be loud about our praising. We need to be be loud about praising God so that other people hear us. Are you praising loud enough that other people hear you? When you leave this place, are you loud enough that people know your testimony? Are you loud enough that other people hear you and know the God that you serve and know the character of the God that you serve, that we amen to? Are you being loud enough when you go out here? It's time to change that routine. It's time to start singing and praising God loud enough that other prisoners bound by their sins, bound by their despair out in the week, hear you and see you praising the God that you love so much. It's time you start praising so that other people hear that hope that is within you and they'll want to know about that hope. It's time for us to speak up. It's time for us to be loud. It's time for us to praise the Lord. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. John writes in Revelation chapter number 5, verse 11. He says this. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round the throne and of the beast and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and 
thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing and every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. Friends, I look forward to that grand and glorious day when we all stand around that great throne. We're all standing there praising God. One angel band together. All of us are standing there singing, holy, holy, holy. I look forward to that day. That is going to be a grand and glorious day as we all come together standing there praising God. Praising His character. Praising Him for what He has done for us. But do you notice here the text says everyone, everyone will praise. Everyone. Paul again reminds us in Romans. For it is written, as I saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. That grand and glorious day, when you stand before the throne, will you be there in a time of praise and praising God for what He's done for you? Or will you be there in judgment? For some of you, it's time to change your routine. For some of you, you've come here this morning just out of routine, but you don't know this Lord that we're praising this morning. It's time to change your routine. Paul goes on to say there in Romans chapter number 14, every tongue shall confess to God. And then in verse number 12, so then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. We will stand before God and we will praise him, but we'll also give an account for us. Did you come here this morning out of routine? You can change that routine this morning and you can begin a personal revival and you can begin praising God for who He is. You see, God created you. And He loves you. And He gave you a purpose in this world. But if you follow your own routine, that separates you from God. That separates you from knowing God and knowing His purpose. But God said, you know what? I got a plan for you. Even when you walk away, even when you sin... Even when you mess up, i got a plan for you. And the choices of, your, of your, your sins, they have consequences, eternal consequences. But I tell you what, I'm going to send my only son, Jesus, to this earth. And Jesus is going to die on the cross and pay a penalty that you cannot pay. He's going to take those consequences for you. He's going to take those consequences on the cross for you. And all you have to do is by faith believe that. And you'll be freed from your own sins. You'll be freed from those bondage. You'll be released. And you can begin a spirit of praise. You can come to Him and know Jesus as your personal Savior and, 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 and begin to experience all the characteristics that we've talked about this morning. His character, His love. He will reveal all that to you. If you just change your routine. If you just come to him, there'll come a time, friend, where you will have to stand before him and give an account for your life.
And I'm asking you today to change your routine, to come to him, to repent of your sins, and by faith believe that his son died on a cross for your sins to give you everlasting life. I'm going to ask Pastor Tom to come. Begin some music in a moment of invitation. Deacons, Christians, start praying right now. I'm going to ask our pastors to come up front. Pastor Jeffrey's going to be in the top. Pastors are here up front. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I look forward to that grand and glorious day when we all stand together, standing around that great white throne, praising God. I want you to be there with me. I want you to be there with me. Is there someone here today that doesn't know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior? Now is the time of invitation. It's right now. I believe in the brevity of life. We are not guaranteed the next moment. If you came in here today under routine, leave out of here today with revival. Now is the time of invitation. Now is the time to come. Give your heart to Jesus. Jesus went to a cross publicly and died for you publicly, and he is asking today that you come. Come to this altar. Come come to these pastors. Come right now. Right now is the time of invitation. If you are here today and you need to give your, your life to Jesus, you come right now. I'm asking that you come. Come right now. If the Holy Spirit's working on you and you're not, and you're not sure, if you're not sure if you're saved, if you're not sure of that relationship, come right now. You can come to this altar and pray. You can come and talk to these pastors. Pastor Jeffrey up top, come right now. Friend, I am pleading with you. I am pleading with you. Think about your relationship with Jesus. Think about your relationship. Think about that commitment to Him. Come today and praise the Lord. Right now is the time of invitation. Those that are listening on the internet, if the Holy Spirit is talking to you and you feel that it's time to give your life to Jesus, it's time to change your routine. Just say a little prayer just like this. This is not my words. It's not anybody's words. It's just a simple little prayer that, that comes from your heart to God. All across this room will bow and say just a little prayer like this. God, I admit to you that I'm a sinner. I'm asking you to come into my heart right now. I believe that your son came and died for me and I accept him as my Savior. And Lord, I want to follow you in all the days of my life. By faith, I believe what Jesus did for me and I accept that. If you prayed that prayer, just, just put a little comment there or send us an email. We want to follow up with you as, and, and, and help you in your walk and disciple you. Friend, if you're here today, I'm pleading with you. Now is the time of invitation. You come. And as we join together and sing, I'm going to open up this altar right now. I'm going to open up this altar that it's time to praise the Lord. Maybe you're here today and you need to change your routine. Please stand with me right now. Maybe you're here today and you need to change your routine. 
Maybe you're here today and you, you need to come and say, I want to change my routine. I, I've, I've been in this, this COVID season or whatever. I, I want to change my routine and get back to praising God. Will you come? Will you come to this altar and commit to that? I want to change my routine. I, I, I want to get back into praising God. I want, I want to change that. Will you come? Maybe it's time to, to change your routine of worship. Instead of just worshiping here, it's time to change your routine and start worshiping God out there. Will you, will you come this morning? Will you come to this altar and say, I, I want to change that routine. I want to show others Jesus through me. I, I want to praise God outside. I want to show God these characteristics. I want, I want to show other people these things. Will you come? Come to this altar. Maybe you've been beaten up, thrown down, Chains of sin, chains of despair, chains of pain. Say, Lord, I want to change that routine this morning. Come to this altar and give it all to Him. Now's the time of invitation. You come. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.